thank you, O oh God, because you said you will go before us. You will be with us and you will help us. Thank you because we are confident that we have a helper in you. And therefore, our hearts will not fret. We shall not be afraid. We declare boldly, if God be for us, who can be against us? Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We exalt you. As we start this evening in the name of Jesus, we just, help us, we just ask you to help us in our deliberations. Let your spirit take free course. And let him do that which only him can do. We bless you and we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Good evening, everybody. All right. Take your seats. Take your seat. How was your week? How's the week going? How's... All right. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Yes. Uh, this evening, I just want us to uh, talk uh, basically about uh, what we, uh, uh, what Pastor Banks said on Sunday. Because um, those of us who came for the midweek service are going to be the first beneficiaries of this news. And the news is that we're going to be on this journey for a while. All right? On this journey of values. We're going to be on this journey of values for a while. So uh, we want to dig in. We want to um, not just wet our feet, but we really, really, really want to get into, you know, these four values that we want to run on, on this year. So um, I want you all to, I want us to participate when the time comes so that we can talk. Let's, let's open up our minds. Let's open up our hearts. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about um, uh, these four values. And uh, like Pastor said, he talked talk about values. Uh, values are the, um, you know, the, the, uh, some of the things that we have decided or a group of people or an organization have de has decided that it's important to them and they want to live by. All right? So, in other words, when you see, when you see an organization talk about their core values, they are saying that every decision we make is processed through these values. If the, if this, if our decisions don't reflect these values, we are not going to do them. All right? That's what, that's what when you say core values, that's what you mean. If our actions don't reflect these values, then they are not part of what we are going to do, no matter how good they are. In other words, organizations are telling you when they, when they present their core values, they are telling you that uh, it doesn't matter how good the decision is. It doesn't matter what, how much money we are going to get from them, from it. Right? Once these things don't reflect these things that we say are values, then we are going to, you know, go with it. Let me give you an example. A very good example is um, CVS. I think it was last year, 2018 or 19. Okay, CVS has a value of helping people. Their core value is to help people in their journey to health, you know, to being healthy. That's their, at least that's the, in a nutshell. All right? That's their core value. But on the other hand, CVS is one of the biggest sellers of cigarettes. All right, they sell cigarettes, and uh, cigarettes. The revenue for cigarettes for CVS is not, is not uh, in millions. It's in billions. Yeah, they make billions of dollars from cigarettes in terms of revenue. Their CEO last year sat down and said, "This does not reflect our values. These things, I mean, cigarettes, it's killing people. Our value is that we want to help them to live healthy on their journey to living healthy, and this thing is killing them, and we're doing it." And they made a decision. And they took a big hit. You cannot go to any store. You can go to Walmart. You can go to any of these places. You'll find cigarettes. But CVS, you won't find it. And it costs them billions of dollars. You said what? So you see, you see how important core values are, especially when you follow them, right? When you follow your core values, there are things that you really believe in, you have faith in, you walk in, you live by, you dream them, you wake up with them. And so what we are saying is that this year, we want to live and sleep, dream, eat, prayer, giving, serving, and sharing. Those are our core values this year. So a lot of our decisions are going to be run based on these things. When we're making our decisions, we're asking, 
is this thing we are doing, what we want to do now, is it going to help us to pray more? How is it going to help our prayer life? How is it going to help us to serve better? This decision we are making, how is it going to help us to be, you know, better givers? The decisions we are making, how is it going to help us to be better sharers of the grace and the righteousness of God that we have this thing? And we are saying, what we are saying, just like CVS, is that anything we do, anything we do, if it does not reflect this core value, it does not matter how nice it is. It does not matter how great values mean. That's what we mean by intention of tithes when God, when God said it, right? The intention behind it, the intention was that it still holds. That's, that's what I wanted to say. The intention still holds. There's an intention behind tithing. There's an intention behind it, all right? Now, but in, 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 as time went on and as things went on, it became legalistic. It became a ritual, all right? It became, uh, it became legal what, if you don't do it, then you are cursed. If you don't do it, you are not okay. All right? If you don't do it, you don't have a right standing with God. All right? So it became legalistic. However, the, 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 the intention behind it, which is given, still stands. Am I making sense? The intention behind Titan still stands. Now, and, and he says something, he says something uh, uh, very, I think, very, very important that we, sh- we need to... Uh, to to, to take into uh, consideration or, you know, think about, all right? He said that he is talking about the legalistic aspect of it, but if God is dealing with you individually and you want to give 10%, that's fine, all right? If, if where you are, if where you want to do, if your conviction has to do with, okay, it's a tithe, it's a 10%, that's fine, all right? But what he's saying is that if that is you, if that is the way God is dealing with you, don't do what impose it on other people. Don't look down on other people. Don't say, okay, uh, I'm tightening, you are tightening, then, you know, you are not the same. But if that is how God is dealing with you, if that is your own conviction, if that is what you believe, if that is what you have come to embrace, then that's fine. Do it. It's okay. The only thing that we're doing or we're saying is that we want to take the legalism out of it so that people give, like Paul said, he said, let every man make up their mind what they want to give. It's you. It's about you. Make up your mind. What is, what is right by you and what do you think is right by God? You have to make the decision. Now the responsibility is on you to make the decision and decide and determine what is right by me and what is right by God. Because at the end of the day, end of the day, you know, end of the day, we are blessed. That's why we give. The reason why we are giving is that we are blessed. All right? Now, a lot of times we say, you know, you are blessed. I mean, you give to receive. Now, will I dispute that? No, but for me, that is the lowest denominator when you are considering giving, when you are giving. If you are giving because you want to receive, it's, it's, it's the lowest, you know, in, when we were in elementary school, we used to do lowest common denominator, right? Yes, or lowest common whatever, LCM or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? So that's the lowest thing. And, and what happens is that if you use that lowest common denominator, it doesn't change, it doesn't change the, 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 um, it doesn't change the number by much, right? It's when you use the highest denominator that changes the thing. You have a dramatic change. In other words, what I'm saying is that, at the, you know, when it comes to the level of importance, right? When it comes to the level of importance of receiving and giving and all of these kind of things, Giving to receive is the lowest denominator. That's why even the Bible tells us it is, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 
So a lot of times when we're talking about giving and receiving, we don't even consider those scriptures. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. In other words, in the, in the mind of God, giving is on a higher plane than when you go there, you want to, you, you want to receive. Because, you see, the Bible says God reigns both on the just and the unjust. Am I correct? In other words, there are some certain principles. And I, I don't want to go into all these principles of uh, this. Thing, but let me quickly say this, then I'll, I'll, I'll let the floor open. I'll leave the floor open. Um, in other words, there are certain principles, right, that, 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 you know, that you can apply to help you in your journey to make, you know, your financial, to, to, to become financially, you know, well off or, or, or whatever. But a lot of times as Christians, or especially those of us of the Pentecostal persuasions, we have limited this to just giving and receiving. All right? We have, and, and when you do that, you have shortchanged yourself of the many other possibilities that you have around you that God can use to bless you. All right? So what we are saying is that giving is important. God did not change his mind. After Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead and all that, God did not change his mind about giving. There are reasons why we give. All right? And I'll just quickly uh, maybe enumerate one of them. For instance, if you give, the, the, the money that you give here, the, the money that we give, the offerings and, and whatever that we give, I hope, I hope all of you know that none of them go to heaven, right? <laughs> none of them go to heaven, right? It's, it's right here that we use it. All right? We use it here. And we, 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 we help people. However, when you give, when you give, one of the most important things that happens, one of the most important things that happen when you give is that you are doing something that has eternal consequences. I mean, that, that's much more rewarding for me. When you are doing something that has eternal consequences, all right? Because when you give, we open our doors. When we open our doors, somebody comes in. They get saved. When they get saved, why, 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 why did they get saved? Because the door was open. Why was the door open? Because you gave. All right? And Moses, uh, David said, when David was going to war, they went and, you know, they spoiled the place, got everything, and came back. And some of the guys that went to war with him said, oh, no, you know, uh, those, only those of us that went that will share of the spoils. The people that remain are not going to share. And David said, no, that's not, that's not how it happens. It does not work like that. We, we, we went out. We got the spoils. These guys were at home. They were taking care of the spoils. They were taking care of the home front. Right? So just the way it is for those that have gone, that's the way it is for those that have remained. In other words, what, what am I saying? When we give, right? We are making, we are, we are creating an account for ourselves. Just like the person that preached. So if, I, if, if an unbeliever comes in, I preach, and I preach a good message. The guy gets born again, right? I'm not the only one that made that happen. We all made it happen. Why? Because I stood here, we had a microphone, we had light that was working, we had somebody that came in, the person got born again. If the doors were not open, the mics were not working, the church was not closed, the, problem, the person would not probably have, you know, gotten uh, this thing, gotten access to the place, all right? Praise and worship, all right? <laughs> yeah, let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. So, what I'm saying is, in the mind of God, I'm not the only one that gets credit for that person who got saved. The people who gave also got credit for it. In other words, when you give, when you give, there are eternal consequences to the things that you give, to the things that happen, right? We go on missions, we go on this thing. There are people who, there are people who came here who, who, you know, had marital problems. Am I correct? They had marital problems, they had issues, and then somehow they met Dr. Onofio because this door was open, right? Why was this door open? Because we gave. Am I correct? And because we gave, Dr. Onofio was able to meet them, and joy was restored to their home. Now, the joy that was restored to your home, you also have credit in it because you gave. So, number one, number one major reason why we're giving, why we should give, or why we give, is that our giving 
has eternal consequences. It has eternal consequences. Our giving has eternal consequences. And that's why Paul was, Paul was, was, um, Paul was, Paul was, um, Paul was teaching us a lot of all these things. In one place he said, my God shall meet all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. All right? Now, how many of you know that that's not where Paul wanted us to stay? But many of us, you know, we camped there. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And what does that mean? I call that manna mentality. Why? Because it's only during the manna that God meets your need alone. Where does Paul, if you read, if you read 2 Corinthians 9, where does Paul want us to get? He said, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you have in all sufficiency, in all things, and at all times, will be able to have enough to commit to good work. That's where God wants us to get to. Alright? So, number one, our giving has eternal consequences. Number two, God wants us to commit to good works. He wants us to commit to good works. He wants us to be able to have enough to be able to give to good works. He wants us to have something to give to good works. Because why? He has created us. Remember he said, he said, we're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And one of the ways we will make these good works be established is to be givers. So, number one, why are we giving? It has done our consequences. Number two, God wants us to commit to good works. He wants us to commit to good works. He wants us to commit to good works. Uh, I'm talking too much. Uh, let's, do we have any, anybody, any opposition, any question, any opposition, any disagreement, any addition, subtraction, multiplication, division from whatever we have said? Let's see if we can, we can talk about it and um, we will, you know, proceed from there. You have, you have, a, you have a mic? the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to be uh, contributing to this uh, you know, uh, issue because I have been involved in it for a while. The issue of tithing and giving. And I think that it's important for us to understand from scriptural perspective, because you see, it's such a sensitive issue that uh, those that have, you say, benefited from the old order are holding on strongly, you know, to this because, in my own opinion, for pecuniary interest. Pecuniary what, sir? Pecul pecuniary interest. Okay, okay. Paul the Apostle gave to the church, or God gave to the church through Paul the Apostle everything that the, the church needs to operate the New Testament. Are we agreed on that? Everything. Paul said in his uh, valedictory speech, in Acts of Apostles, he said, I have not refrained from declaring to you all the counsel of God. Everything that has to do with this new movement called Christianity. And so we can't add to the Paulian revelation. So when it comes to the issue of giving or tithing, it's important for us to ask, you know, what is the mind of Paul? How, what did God reveal to Paul on this issue? It's also important for us to realize that there's no gospel message that is complete without reference to Paul. So anybody that preaches this gospel to you and doesn't get to the point where he says, this is what Paul said, that message is not complete. So Paul's opinion is key on any issue. So in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, Paul introduced the issue of, you know, giving. But before I get there, it is important for us to also realize that every time God takes away something, he replaces it with something. So when he did away with the Old Testament, he brought in the New Testament. So the argument is this. If you argue that God did away with tithing, which I believe is so, because tithing is given by the Lord. 
priest. Everything under the law ended at the cross. There's no reason why we should spare tithing. And then hold on only to tithing and say, okay, sacrificing lambs, you know, wave offering, sin offering, all of those things went. But tithe, see, that argument can't stand. Feast of tabernacle, feast of these, all of those things that were given together with tithing. They have gone, but tithing stays. It doesn't make sense. That is one point. Second point is this. Please check your Bible from the beginning to the end. There's no place in the Bible God asks you to tithe money. Not one place. God never asks for tithing of money. Tithing is pre-dire. It has to do with things that come out of the ground. When God needs money, he asks for offering. He was very specific. Oh, your eyes popped open. <laughs> All right. I have checked it out for years. I did a complete, before all of this controversy started, I understood this. There's not one place in scripture, between 37 to 44 places that mentioned in scripture, there's not one place he asked you to tithe money. Even that scripture we like to quote, Malachi, say, bring ye all the tithe that there may be food. He didn't say that there may be money. Because there was a purpose for it. Now, if God takes away tithing, because it went with the law. Then what did he replace it with? And Paul tells us that. Because he wouldn't take away something without replacing it with something. And so he replaced it with giving. And then he comes and he says to you, let me explain to you, do, let me give you liberty by the spirit of God. Do as you please. But let me give you the proviso. If you sow, So bountifully, you will reap. So you make a decision. The same way God said, I place before you this day death. He said, choose life. But you have a right to choose. But you see, I can suggest to you what to choose. But you can also be like the people in Jeremiah 6.16. Right? That God said, this is the good way of walking it. And they said, we will not walk therein. It's your choice. Now, let me ask you this. If I put popcorn right, say in that uh, offering basket. And then I say to you, please go there and take bountifully. Just take bountifully as you propose in your heart. Take bountifully. Okay, no, let me not use popcorn. I put dollars there. <laughs> you make the matters worse then. <laughs> right, I put dollars there and I say, please approach it, take bountifully. You go there and take 10 percent. So now the point is, if when it comes to you taking, 10 percent is not bounty. Now when it comes to you giving, 10 percent becomes bounty. Now it doesn't make sense. I mean, you please interrogate what we're, what we're saying. When it's time for you to receive, 10 percent is not bounty. But when it is time to give, right, 10% is bountiful. So ask yourself, when I want to take, and God says, take bountifully, do I take 10%? So when it is time to give bountifully, so you see where, how inspired Paul is. consider our ways. And then this argument on whether, you know, 10% or tithing or no tithing becomes, it's just lost completely when you understand what is being said. Let me just close by this and just try to, you know, strengthen more my argument in order to let people know that tithing is not New Testament. But you can, look, you can give 90%. And I will encourage you to, but see, please, let's stop this argument about tithing. The issue is this. He said in Hebrews, I think it's 9 or so, he said uh, something like, uh, the priest has received the commandment, the sons of Levi received the commandment to receive tithes of the people. Right? The question I ask is that 
So the priest received the commandment to speak the title of the king. In the New Testament, who are the priests? You and I are kings and priests. Because you see, that priesthood changed. Levites don't pay tithes. The priests don't pay tithes. So if we have become the priests, who are we paying the tithe to? And so Paul understood exactly what he was saying because that's why he didn't go there because he understood that now the liberty has been given. Everyone has become a priest. Right? And a king. And then we will reign. So you can't be indeed be a priest, right? And the priest is paying tithe to you. So you see, it knocks off that argument completely. But then it brings us to the realm of bountiful food. What we will take when it is time to take bountiful is also what you should begin to train yourself to give when you should give bountifully. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Any, any, okay, you want to? I mean, it just goes back to the uh, scripture that says, um, and God is able to, uh, yeah, do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. But it's also about, uh, according to the power that worketh in you. You know, the power of giving is, is twofold. Like, like uh, Brabenga said, when you, you know, giving, giving bountifully is powerful, and so is giving sparingly is also powerful. It's a two-way street. You know, you, you um, the Holy Spirit does not go against what you, you know, it says, oh, you give sparingly. Oh, no, I must give, give back to you bountifully. No. You know, everything that is, is always the power that worketh in you because it has the ability to give exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask. Okay. Right? So it's, it's a two-way street, basically. Okay. So. okay. Any other questions? Okay, please. Hold on one second. Let, let's get it on the mic so we can. So I've done it before, but... I You've done what now? That's tithing? No, yeah. Okay. I've tithed before. Okay. But, um, no, I've given, like, my entire check before. Okay. Um, is that what we believe in? Or do God say we should give... Bountifully. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to I, I want to go back to the foundation, what, what, you know, he first said okay. in Second Corinthians 9, right? He said, let every man make up his mind. Let not every man... Let every person purpose in, his in, yeah, in their mind what they want to give. All right? Now, that's number one. That's the first thing you have to look at, you know, what you purpose in your mind to give. Because it's, it's your own call now. Right? It's your call. And that's what he was saying, too. That, yeah. That it's, 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 it's your call. Do you understand what I'm saying? However, he gave you parameters by which you, could, you can make those calls. Right? So he said, uh, if you give bountifully, if you, if you give bountifully, you get bountifully. If you give so sparingly, you reap sparingly, right? So in other words, he gave you the parameter that there's bountiful and there's sparing, right? However, you make the choice. That's number one. Then number two, I want to tell you, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now, when he says sin, it doesn't mean, oh, okay, you sinned like maybe fornication and all that. It just means you drop below the mark. In other words, it's, not, it's, it's, it's below standard, right? No matter what you are giving. So when he's saying whatsoever is not of, uh, whatsoever is not of faith, is sin. What it means is uh, quality control. Let me give you an example of quality control. You go and manufacture a fridge, there's dent in it. Guess what? It's below standard. They can't take it and put it in the market. Right? No matter how beautiful the fridge is, no matter how big it is, no matter how nice, it's just below standard. It cannot you know, be used. So in other words, what are we saying? Right? We're saying that if you give and it's not of faith, then forget it. It doesn't matter what you're giving. Because it's not about the size. First of all, it's about the heart. Yeah. It's about the heart. All right? I feel like I'm giving Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's why, you see, that's the thing. That's part of the thing that, that we're trying to talk about giving. That giving, because a lot of times we have made it look like we are repaying God. Or we owe God. 
But that's the thing we want to take out of the way, right? You can't repay God. You can't owe God. There's, there's nothing you can do to repay him. Because whatever, all that he has done is priceless. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you didn't pay a dime to get it. It was freely given to you. Freely you have received, freely you give. So it's, it's a free gift. It's everything you have given, every, I mean, everything you have received is, is free. The Bible says there's nothing that you have received that has not been given to you. All right? So you didn't pay for it. And there's no way you can do that transactional exchange with God in terms of, you know, oh, God, I have this. I'm giving you this, and you give me back this and all. So it's not a payment. So I, I like that, you know, that, um, that line of thought. But if you um, feel in your heart to <laughs> give more, <laughs> you know, Specifically to a person. <laughs> my first name, my last name, I will spell it out correctly for you. <laughs> now, that's awesome. I mean, I, you know, I like talking about this. And the reason why I like talking about this is because I think it's, it's undoing a lot of the misrepresentation. Um, because when it comes to, in a sense, the swindling that is taking place in the body of, the, uh, in the body of Christ, um, the issue of tithes and offering was typically where it would happen. Um, I mean, it's almost so sickening what's happening in a lot of the ministries today. I remember one time I fell asleep with a TV on. Okay. And about 2 a.m., 3 a.m., I woke up. And it was a particular, yeah, you know, I didn't want to bring his name out, but, you know. And it, it was almost as if it was like, if I give this, God will do this for me. And now we look at that as just one person uh, or one ministry, but that is just a microcosm of the mentality um, that has taken place specifically in the charismatic Pentecostal circle. Because the assumption is, is that your tithe is a representation of your faith yeah. or what you give is a representation of your faith. So if you believe God for much, you need to give God much. And, I mean, so many people have walked away heartbroken, um, just, in a sense, victimized by that mentality in which they've completely abandoned their faith or abandoned their trust in God because they were looking for God to do something um, that was being promised to them by someone who was, was seeking to use them for their own personal gain. Um, it's a sickness. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that we're addressing this. Um, I was happy when Pastor addressed it a while back um, because it was, in a sense, a confirmation what God has already revealed to me. Amen. When you're giving because you just have a desire to give, not expecting anything back, there's a freedom that is there. Um, there's a drive that is there. You're even more concerned about um, how your, 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 uh, what you're giving is being utilized. You, the impact you're giving. So if I give and I'm walking around the church and I'm seeing problems here and there, I'm now more emboldened to say, hey, what are we doing to address this? Without guilt, you know? So I, it's, very, it's very good that we're talking about this subject because it makes us healthier in our faith walk. Yeah, yeah. It Amen. makes us very healthy. Amen. Amen. The, the fact that it even takes off that, uh, that, um, that bondage, that burden, yes, it's a burden, it's a, it's a burden. The fact that it takes off that burden from you, that you know you are free to give and you are really free indeed. All right, nobody's judging you, nobody's condemning you, nobody's uh, nobody should judge you or condemn you based on what you are giving because you are worth much more than whatever material thing that you have, and then those material things should not be a representation of who you are in God or what you are in God. All right, so and and Paul gave us the freedom to be able to make the choice and say, hey, this is what I want to give. All right. So, th that's really, really, I mean, that's, 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 uh, that's, yes, sir. You know, I'm, I'm really thankful to God that we're talking about this. Um, and this is just like uh, uh, Bishop said. Uh, this is one of those areas where, as believers, um, there's still more work that needs to be done. And what I mean by there's more work that needs to be done is, you, you know what, what, um, small, what, what, 
Brother Benga said earlier. <laughs> what Brother Benga said earlier is so key. I, I wish he could bring it on a Sunday. The analogy that you gave about, you know, um, tithing, the word tithing as opposed to giving. And then, you know, the analogy of, you know, take sparingly or take bountifully. That, that is so key. It, it opens up so many. I, I wish the larger congregation could see that. And maybe there's a way we could we do that. that you know, maybe there's a, a, an opportunity to have a conversation around this. The reason I say this, a kingdom conversation, the reason I say this is because as we delve more and more into the grace message, this message of the, the reality of the beauty of the grace that God has given us, there's so much undoing that many of us have to do. And I say many of us because when I, was, when I became saved, when I gave my life to Christ, one of the very first things that I learned when we went through New Believers new class. class. <laughs> okay, because see, I came into faith or, you know, new uh, birth coming from a, what I would call, a Methodist background. Okay. I was Methodist right from birth. Uh, my parents are, well, my father is still Methodist. When I go back home to Nigeria, I still go to the Methodist church. I love the hymn. And, you know, even though they did have the tithing system there, it wasn't legislated. It was never, you know, we had these cards that, you know, everybody would do your tithing cards, uh, you know. So, you know. So, uh, but anyway, one of the first things we learned in New Believers class, Outside of the discipline of studying the word of God, the tithe. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm, yeah, I'm telling right. you. You're right. The tithe right. was so big right. to where I'm, I'm being totally honest with all of you here. Yeah. It was something that I struggled with because I worked in the pharmaceutical industry and when the tithe was explained to me at the time, Oh, I stopped going to church. <laughs> I stopped going to church for a minute. Then I'm like, ooh, what are these guys? <laughs> what are they asking me for? I mean, right. But you know what? It was something that eventually I got to understand more as I learned more. But what I'm saying is we all need to undo some of the things that we have. Some, some of the really yeah but, but even as we are learning more about the grace of God we need to undo some of all that stuff the, the bondage that people were held to uh, for a while back I think it all started maybe not last year or a year before in Nigeria this became a major issue. I mean, the whole church, the charismatic uh, church in Nigeria almost broke apart, all because of the issue of tithe. And it's just really understanding, you know, when everyone comes to a place of really understanding that, you know, we're talking about giving. Giving is a demonstration of one's... Your love. Your, uh, your love, uh, really your trust. Yeah, okay. How much do you trust God? How much do you trust God to be able to meet your needs? When you get to a place of learning to trust him, nobody's going to tell you about what percentage, um, you know, Another good analogy, um, I don't know, some of you may remember this, Pastor Shinot shared this, where he talked about 
let's just forget about money for a minute. We're talking about time. How many of you would like 10% of oxygen going through your lungs? 10% of oxygen. Functioning on, could you function on 10% of oxygen? You know, so when we really think about, you know, uh, my sister was talking earlier about how she gave all of it because, like, you know what? He's done so much for me. I don't even, I can't quantify how much I should give. You know, so again, Paul says, as each one determined purpose in your heart. It comes to a place, like he said, we are now what? Priests and kings unto him. So, because you are now a priest, you are a king. You're talking to the king of kings. And he's telling you, you know, king or queen Harriet, this is what I'd like for you to do. King Guy BK, this is what I'd like for you to do. So, as we all kings come together, as he has, as we have purposed in our hearts, we give. See, this thing about sparingly, abundantly, or whatever you, even that somewhat says to you that it's like with whatever measure, you know, it's almost like if I give, uh, you know, anybody gamble here? <laughs> you roll the dice? <laughs> okay. All right. You guys don't know anything about that. <laughs> so it's almost as if there's a, a, a multiplication factor. If you do this, then I will do that. If you, no, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. It's all, he, he is the owner of all of it. So when you come to a place of knowing that he truly owns everything, yeah. and you can speak to him, there is nothing wrong in giving all of it. However, he says to you, because you are my child, you are a king or a queen, you know, purpose to give this amount. And those are the key things. It's about trust and just really knowing. Um, we're talking in a small setting here. Hopefully, we'll be able to have a kingdom conversation about this. And, really you know, I want to suggest, Pastor Larry, uh, that we get Brother Benga um, up there, um, you know, along Yes, but that's, we really need to undo a lot of the old baggage. There's so much of it. All right, one more. One more. So I have a quick question. Okay, yes. So is it safe to say that if you have a relationship, based on your relationship with Christ, you will know, you will know what you're supposed to give. Nobody will have to tell you that. Yeah. No one should have yeah. to stand before and say, yeah. you should give this and you should yeah. give that. Based on your relationship with him yeah. and your communication with Christ, then you will know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so is it safe to say that those organizations that use that tactic is because their the organization itself is in need of money? Well, I, I, I won't talk about, okay, <laughs> about an organization. But, but to your point, right? See, all these things are just, all these things are, are, are um, the way people see them. I know two churches in, in Atlanta here. Two of the most influential churches in Atlanta don't even take offerings. They don't take, they, they, they don't, no, they don't, no, they take offerings, but they don't take, they don't have offering times. They, they have, they, yes, they don't, they don't, they don't have a time in church where they say, okay, it's time for offering. The people just give. And those two churches are the most influential churches in Atlanta. One of them is one of the most influential churches in the U.S., you go to the church, they don't even tell you, you know, come and take, you know, we want to take offerings, we want to take this in. And they, their budget is in, their, I think the last budget they had was like 60, $60 million. Yeah, they don't have offering time. So, but, but you see, they have gotten to, they have taken themselves to a point. Yes, they have taken themselves to a point where the people have understood that, you know, if we are working with God, part of our obligation is to support God's work.
As, yeah, yeah. These churches I'm telling you is online. They just go online and, and that have exactly you're right. Yes, yes, yes. That's the yes. Process where people are taught. You, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so that's the. One, Hello. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm beginning to break the rule. Okay, after you, then you, and then so that we can go home. <laughs> okay. But I like the conversation. I like, I like the way we're. Yeah, the scripture says, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes. And then he gave his only begotten son to us. So before then, before that passage, there was nothing we did that prompted God to give us his only begotten son. Amen. So, even naturally, if your uncle or your sister or a friend helps you, definitely you need to show appreciation as a human being. But now, this is your creator who has given you his only begotten son, who is also your own elder brother and your own Lord, who came and shared his own blood for you to have all the grace that we have been receiving in this house. Definitely, by all standards, you should show a good appreciation. So giving is showing appreciation to what you have received. So even the money we are giving, we also receive from him. So for the fact we receive from him does not make that the 90% belongs to us, for those of us that still Amen. believe in tithe. So that 90% is not still our own money. So we can equally show appreciation. Then we also give so that there shall be meat in the house. And so that the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ shall be preached abroad. So, because you gave offering, how do you get the light, get the AC, get the music to run? So that is what you do in the house. And then, how do you make sure that the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ should get to somebody in Jamaica from here? So definitely you need to sow. So our to give, to give now. <laughs> I prefer the word give than so. Okay, okay, okay. Give. So we give because God has given us. And then we also give because we show appreciation to what he has done for us. And we only, thirdly, we give because we have to maintain the house. And then we have to bring men to, uh, to, to, to the kingdom of God. Then on the issue of faith we talked about, in 1988, there is this... Uh, you know, a philanthropist, a millionaire, some of us may know him, called uh, M.K. Abiola. He is a staunch Muslim. He was interviewed in 1988, and what he said was, what makes him give is because he read the Bible at that time four times. And the only thing he picked from the Bible is that when he gives, he gives more. So that was going for him as a as, yeah, as yeah. kind of faith. Yeah. yeah. A Muslim, a staunch Muslim, yeah. that was what he picked from the Bible, and that was what he was working on, and that was working for him. Yeah, so uh, it's a faith thing, and it's something we need to do and do it joyfully. Amen. Amen. All right. Brother Benga, one, that will be it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you believe it? Yeah. So by derivation, right, we should be able to say that one is the blessing of the other. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. We yeah. agree with yeah. that by derivation. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's go to the scripture to prove it. Now, when the Lord desires for me to give Open 
All right. <laughs> all right. 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 Uh, let's stand to our feet as we, as we, uh, but this, this conversation on prayer, giving, serving, and sharing will continue for a while because we really want to drive, hone it home so that, you know, we, we're doing things with, with understanding and, 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 um, doing it according to how things should be done. All right. Just, just pray this evening. Thank God for today. Thank God for this week. Thank God for uh, our conversations today. Thank him for what he, has, what he has done. Thank him for what you have learned. Thank him for... And, and again, if you are still struggling with giving and um, fighting and all of that, just commit it to God. All right? Let's be like the Berean Christians. You don't have to take what I have said. You don't have to take what anybody has said. All right? Go back home, go and look at the scriptures. It says, search the scriptures. All right? Let's be like the Berean Christians who go back and search the scriptures. And um, they're able to make their own judgment. Because you have the same Holy Spirit that every one of us have. There is no inferior Holy Spirit in anybody. We have the same Holy Spirit. All right? So, just, just pray. If you're struggling, just ask God to just help you. Open your eyes so that you will know the truth. Not what I am saying. Not what anybody is saying. But you will know the truth concerning this. All right? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Thank you for our gathering this evening. You declared that unto the Lord shall the gathering of his people be. We thank you because our gathering tonight has been unto you. And we give you all the praise and all the glory for all the things that you have done for us. Thank you for exposing our eyes further to the truth of scriptures. And Father, above all, help us to be able to live the truth of the scriptures. Because it is not in the knowing, but it is in the doing that we are able to walk in the blessings. Father, we give you praise and we bless you. Father, you, we, we, we just thank you as we continue this month in, the, in, in all the studies and all of that and, and in the days and in the months to come, you keep opening our eyes and helping us to undo and unlearn the things that we have learned so that we can re-impute or reprogram ourselves with the truth of what your grace has done for us. We give you praise and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.